Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Who did this? What is going on? (laughs) Uh, Praise the Lord, you guys. Um, I'm glad to be before you. Um, Those of you, uh, so this month is movie month. Um, and we viewed um, The Wizard of Oz Friday. And so my message is going to be based on The Wizard of Oz. I hope everyone has seen that. Who hasn't seen The Wizard of Oz? You're un-American and you should. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I've seen it several times, actually. Uh, I wasn't able to make it on Friday. I had to work Friday night. Um, but I did view it. One day last week, a couple times. Um, so, yeah, so you should be able to follow along if you view that movie before. Um, Pastor Taylor is not here. He's on sabbatical. He is not well uh, recovering from sickness, but uh, God is great. And I just so people won't think I'm the pastor. I want to make that clear. I'm not the pastor. <laughs> but uh, Pastor Taylor, uh, we look forward to him uh, recovering and getting better. And we'll be back in a few months. Uh, with that being said, so I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis first of the movie. And then we'll jump right into the message. Um, again, most of you, I hope you are familiar with the plot. Uh, it starts out with Dorothy and her little dog, Toto, in Kansas. Um, she's there with some family members, so Auntie M and Uncle Henry, and they get swept up in a tornado. Um, and I wonder why they chose Kansas, maybe because it's, uh, tornadoes are prominent there. And um, maybe that speaks to the innocence of Dorothy. Um, but yeah, so then she gets swept away into the land of Oz, and her house falls on a witch, the wicked witch of the East. Uh, in that land, she is met with Glinda, the good witch, and she meets the Munchkins. And there begins her journey uh, to get back home. And on that quest to get back home, she meets some characters, uh, the Scarecrow, uh, the Tin Man, and the Lion. And she welcomes them on her journey as well to find the Wizard of Oz, who she was told would get her back home, would be able to tell her how to get home. Um, She goes to the Emerald City by following the Yellow Brick Road in hopes that she would find home. Again, she meets several people on that journey. Um, When she gets to the wizard, he informs her that she needs to complete a task, which is for some, I forgot this part, and so... Uh, she needed to get the witch's broom, right? Yeah. And so when I watched it again, I was like, that's what I missed. Um, so yeah, so she had to go, her and her compadres <laughs> went to go get the witch's broom. Uh, she was successful in that endeavor. Uh, even though she was attacked by winged monkeys, that would scare me to death. I think <laughs> I would be done with that journey if I saw a winged monkey. Uh, she finally gets back to the wizard, shows him that she has the broom, uh, to only find out that he's really not a wizard at all. He's just a middle-aged man uh, (laughs) projecting 
an intimidating image on a screen. <laughs> uh, and then that middle-aged man gives, grants her friends that were with her uh, a heart, a brain for the scarecrow, a heart for the tin man, and courage for the cowardly lion, which I guess is not cowardly at that point. Um, and then Dorothy still finds herself not being able to get home, so she thinks. And so this leads me to, I think, and this, this has always been my favorite part. It made me angry initially when I was younger. I was like, oh, I hate Glenda. She's not a good witch at all because she, she held out. She should have told him earlier. Um, but hopefully we have that cue that we can see that part. So we're going to watch maybe a minute and a half. Too. Right. You know, she could have ended this movie a lot sooner <laughs> had she just informed her of that little bit of information uh, in the beginning. Uh, but the premise I want to preach on today is uh, you already have what you need. You already have what you need. Dorothy found herself in need when she her house landed on the Wicked Witch, and uh, she needed to get home. And how many of us have needs, wants, desires, uh, things that we want to do in our life that may be difficult to seeming to reach or get to or whatever that is? Um, we may be finding ourselves in a Dorothy situation where you need something. But you don't know that need is not within your own grasp. That's so you think. And so you, you go out looking for the answer. Um, so how many of you have a need today? Have you ever found yourself in a need? And if you haven't found yourself in a need, live a little bit longer and you will need something. Um, Dorothy was determined. She set out to get her needs met. Uh, how determined are you to get what? you want or your needs met or what God has for you. Dorothy was willing to help others while going to get what she wanted. She had faith in the wizard and she was willing to share what she thought was the answer to her needs with others. She was a true evangelist. <laughs> she was just not only concerned about herself, but when she met others who were in need as well, she said, hey, I know someone who could possibly help you meet that need are we willing to be true evangelists on today dorothy was not discouraged by the impossible task of getting the witch's broom does our need outweigh our fear now i'm not saying that you have to face winged monkeys i'm not saying that at all <laughs> but is what you want greater than the fear that you may have to achieve that? And are you willing to do what may seem, what may seem to be impossible? Because I'm sure the wizard told them to do that because he thought there's no way that she's going to be able to achieve this goal, and then therefore I have a way out because I'm really not going to be able to make her, allow her to get home, so this would be my way out. But Dorothy rose to the occasion. When Dorothy gets back, she is met with disappointment that the wizard was not able to do what she thought he was going to be able to do. And how many of us have gone down roads of disappointment? Maybe it wasn't a yellow brick road. Maybe it was a asphalt street um, in Lynchburg. 
but it led you to some disappointment in life. And then you find out by way of the Holy Spirit or Glenda the Good Witch <laughs> that you had what you needed the whole time. You just needed to access it. So you already have what you need. We're going to look at a couple of stories in the Bible where where God uses what was available to the individuals at that time. He does miraculous things in their life. And I submit to you today that if you submit what you have to God, he can also do miraculous things in your life. So we're going to look at Moses. Moses in Exodus 4, 1 through 5. It says, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So Moses has been called by God and he's questioning maybe the people that God is going to call me to lead will not believe that I'm really supposed to be their leader. And so the Lord says to him in verse two, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it to the ground. So he cast it to the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it. And it and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, Jacob has appeared to you. So what did God use? To help Moses prove to the people that he was with them, he used what was in his hand. That rod was not special in and of itself. It wasn't a lucky rod. It didn't come with, you know, some special powers within the rod itself. It was probably just some regular rod that uh, Moses had used when he was uh, herding sheep and tending to goats and in the field. And it was used to lean up on when he had a long day and he was tired and he used that rod. Never did he think that this would be the rod that would deliver the children of Israel. Never did he think. <laughs> That's good news to me. That's good. Because if I submit whatever I have to the Lord, he can deliver me and my people. As simple as a stick. Uh, that rod was victorious in the ten plagues. That rod helped them cross the Red Sea. That rod helped them battle with Amalek. They were water when he hit the rock from that rod. Was Moses' rod a lucky charm? No. <laughs> but God was able to use Moses' rod to reveal his power. Let's look at, uh, I mean, we don't have to turn here. But this is uh, the two fishes and five loaves of bread were the boy and his lunch. And I, I spoke about this several months ago, but he used that small lunch to feed 5,000 plus people. It's estimated that it might have been close to 15,000 people. Um, God can use your small portion. If you give it to him, he can break it and multiply it and feed thousands. And despite the size that you may think it is, despite how small or how big it is, God can use it. 
We're going to look at Shamgar and Judges. And this is just Judges 31. Um, I don't have the... She got that up? I don't know. Got it. Good. Yeah, Judges 3.31. It's just one verse. This is after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox guard. And he also delivered Israel. So ox guard is really just a, a cattle prod or stick. Again, God used that stick to deliver, to allow him to be a weapon, to allow it to be a weapon to kill 600 men and deliver Israel. Now, that stick wasn't a high-powered weapon. It wasn't an M16 or it was just a stick. But with God's help and power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to destroy his enemies. Samson. Samson used the jawbone of a donkey. Now, I normally keep a jawbone of a donkey in my back of my car. Uh, <laughs> just in case I need to kill 10,000, uh, 1,000 men, as Samson did. No, I don't keep a jawbone. No. Uh, but that's what uh, Samson saw at hand. His bands was loosed. He saw the jawbone of a donkey on the ground. He picked it up in the Lord. With the Lord's power, he was able to use that to defeat his enemies. Samson had nothing until he used it for God. It was just a regular jawbone that was sitting there. I don't know how the donkey died, unfortunately. Uh, but he had a purpose even after his death. At least his bones did. <laughs> but God was able to use it for his glory. The widow's might. It says, uh, let me read this. If you turn, I have my, my verses have all blanked out, so I have to look at the screen here. All right, Luke 21, one. we'll start there. It says, and he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly, I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all for all these out of their abundance have put in an offering for God. But she out of her poverty have put in her livelihood that she had. Your small amount, your little offering, your little gift, your small talent. If you give that to the Lord, he can do great things with it. and He can work mightily in your life. And for the people around you. Second Kings four, one through seven. We're going to read this. It says the wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take away my boards as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Now, I'm sure Elisha could have said, well, let's go sell. Let's go have a bake sale. <laughs> let's go sell some stuff in your house. No, he, he said, what do you have in your house? And she says, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. And Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. 
Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put one to the side. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Don't we serve like a more than enough God? He's just not going to give you enough to pay off her debts, which she could have done. But he gave her more than enough so she can live off of. I, I particularly like this story because it was in her house. What she needed was in her house. And what you need, you already have. You already have what you need. It's in your house. It's in you to do what the Lord has called you to do. If you just would give it to him, let him use you. Sometimes we work, we so many times try to do things out of our own power, out of our own might. Instead, let me submit this to the Lord and let him use this to do great things. So I'm not saying that you have to have a bunch of jars. Maybe you have two cents. Maybe that's all you do have. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to have a donkey's jawbone so that the Lord can use. But what I am saying is that you know you have something that the Lord can use. Whether it's your talent, whether it's you serving, whether it's your great personality or your winning smile liking. (laughs) Whatever it is, God can use that if you give it to him. Whatever portion you have. So just as Dorothy didn't realize she had what she needed the whole time, you may not realize you have what you need. And some of you may be even doubtful now. I don't have anything. I'm a student or I don't have any money. I don't have any fame. I don't have really any good talent. And I submit to you then, but if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurable more than all we could ask or imagine. Let me read that again. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. And this is to him, God, who's able to do that according to his power that is at work within other people. (laughs) According to his power that is at work within who? Us. Do you have that power in you? Now we sang, I didn't plan them to sing that song earlier, that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in us. And they say, and within that song, we can turn to, I think it's Romans 8, uh, 8 and 11, where it says, uh, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's Romans 8, 8 and up through 11. But then also 1 John 4, 4, it says, 
You are of God, little children. You have overcome them because he who is in you is lesser, (laughs) the same. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If we have this greater God living in us, then what else do we need? What do we not have? What are we lacking? If the same power, I I didn't make this up. I don't know if you got your Bible with you or you can look at it on your phone. You can Google it. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you and I. And so we have what we need. Don't doubt that you don't have what you need. Just look to him who is in you, who will be the answer to everything you need. Did I not read? Um, maybe you didn't read. Any. He said immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Now, I can think some great things in my mind, but he said it's going to be immeasurably more than what I ask or even imagine he can do in me, through me, for me. For others. Do we believe it or are we just singing songs? I don't know if we believe it, y'all. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. What do you have to offer God? Is it much? The crux of the lesson behind these stories is not about a magic rod, a multiplied lunch, uh, a miracle stick, a tough jawbone, or two cents, or jars that fill with oil. The focus is the majesty of the mighty God that we serve. And if we serve him, and he's in us, then he can do those immeasurably more than what we can ask or think. If you give it to him, if you have made a commitment to Christ and you've submitted your life to him and you give him all of you, not some of you, all of you, all of your heart, all of your soul, all your body, all of you. I believe that he can do immeasurably more than what you're even asking or thinking that you need. And we may need some pretty serious and important things. We may need healing. We may need deliverance in certain areas. We may need salvation for ourselves or for family members. We may need financial blessings. We may need a grade in a class that we're looking at that may be difficult. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Give it over to him today. Don't hold on to it any longer. Don't feel like Well, I have this need, but I'm going to keep it because I know I can follow this yellow brick road. And somebody said I can get to where I need to get to. And so I'm going to do that. Why would you do that when you have the Holy Spirit living in you to meet that need? Let me have you stand to your feet and pray. Done. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But I do want you to I, I do. 
want you to get the point that you have everything you need. And as some of you guys are starting a new semester uh, in school, in public school, in elementary, wherever, middle school, high school, college, and you're starting the new year, uh, it is my prayer that you remember that you have what you need. Whatever you may lack physically and uh, books and I remember not having uh, sometimes books from the start of the semester because they were so expensive. So I had to wait until I got my first paycheck to pay the, pay the books. Um, but God made a way out of no way. But whatever you may feel like you lack, know that you can look to Jesus and he can meet that need. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for living in us. We thank you for having the same power that rose Jesus from the dead that is in us now. And we can speak life to dead situations. We can pray. We can be healed. We can be set free if we believe and trust in you and your word, Lord God. We thank you and we bless you. We honor you, Lord God. You're great and awesome God in this place. We pray for those who are uh, starting a new semester or starting uh, back at work. If there are teachers here. We pray that you will be with them and protect them and bless them and keep them and cover them, Lord God. Uh, we just pray for the body of Christ, Lord God, not just Cornerstone, but the whole body of Christ, that we will believe that you are in us and that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And you can be, do immeasurably things than we can imagine or even ask, Lord God, above all we can ask or even think. You can do it. We believe the impossible. We thank you, Lord God. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434 847 Four seven nine six. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.